the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. I'm back in, uh, let's just say, I would say back in the country. You know, I never left the USA, but had an opportunity to, to go to the Foursquare Convention in Hawaii. So uh, we just tagged four or five days onto it and, and enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the state of, uh, well, I should say the city of Honolulu. We didn't, we didn't go off to that island. We stayed there. But it was a great trip. Had an opportunity to take my, take my mom there. You know, my mom is 81 years old. And, and uh, a funny story is that, you know, I've been trying to get my mom to go to Bahamas or Jamaica with me, and she won't go to another country. But I asked her to go to Hawaii. She said she'll go because that's America. And then when she found out how much water she had to fly over, oh, my goodness, that was worth the whole trip to be laughing at her and uh, uh, how scared she was to go over that much water. Tell me we tricked her into into going over that much water. And we just told her, no, you should have paid attention to geography class, which you should have did. And uh, so you would go to Hawaii but wouldn't go to the Bahamas, which is 90 miles away from Florida. But it was a great trip. Uh, got to enjoy. We we walked. We hiked. We we sat around. We talked. We relaxed. It was a good time. I, and uh, me with my workaholic self, I started going through withdrawals because I didn't have no work to do. So I was I was glad to get back, so I can uh, get back and uh, and do something else other than uh, just sit around and and relax. So <laughs> it was enough relaxing for me. So I'm back. I'm ready to go. And trying to get used to that five hour time difference in my life is is a uh, is is a uh, ooh, it's, it's a Hummer, but I'm back and I'm here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, you know, uh, conversation uh, with with uh, with the young leaders I had here the last couple of weeks. You know, uh, one of the things that that I just want to talk to you about today is is uh, is 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 Genesis one. You know, God said that we should reproduce after our own kind, and you know, and and I, I'm a stickler for this. Even when I was in management. You know, I, I believe that that if, if you are an effective leader, you will reproduce other leaders. You know what I mean? If you're an effective leader, you're going to reproduce other leaders. Now, you, you can be an ineffective leader. You're going to reproduce some ineffective folks who never be leaders. But, you know, it was it was always um, me a personal point of, 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 of pride. I'm just going to say it just was that that, uh, that, you know, that that I worked in an industry retail, you know, you know, I was a, a manager of a Toys R Us, and you know we hired a lot of seasonal help, and uh, and so you know we would go from thirty-seven employees to one hundred and eighty employees. Uh, we had you know thirty-seven employees in September, one hundred and eighty employees in November, and uh, that's a lot of training, a lot of turnover, a lot of things. And, and when I was a 
uh, floor manager, you know, the thing that was always that is that 85 percent of the people that worked for me were retained by the company and others were laid off. And sometimes people would get a little angry. That why do we keep why do we keep all of his employees and, and we can't keep any of mine? And then but the answer would be, well, his employees know how to do everything, you know, because when we cut down from 180 to 37, those 37 people had to know how to do more than one job. You know, during Christmas, you did one thing, you know, and then, but when you got there, you had to be able to do a lot of different things. And I would always cross train uh, my employees. I taught them how to do everything in the store. And then if they got that, I taught them how to do everything I did. I taught them how to be a manager when they weren't a manager. So when it became time for somebody to get promoted into manager trainee or department head or anything like that, uh, they were ready, you know, or they would go to another store. I remember the manager at Walmart coming to me and thanking me for all the excellent uh, assistant managers and department heads I had sent him because uh, it was a better opportunity at Walmart for them to advance. And I was sending employees over there to go to go to that point. And, you know, but it was the thing about it was, is that as I didn't just come to work to fulfill a task. I didn't come to work to get get my agenda done. I also had to develop the people that God had given me. And and, I, and I've, I've taken that approach into ministry, but it didn't come from ministry. You know, I have to be uh, wise. And if you listen to the show a lot, you'll hear me reference a lot to, uh, you know, to the, the, the church that impacted me the most when I was growing up. And that was that was the the Catholic church in my neighborhood, the Catholic school I went to, that believed in raising up indigenous leaders. If you if you're doing a work in a particular in a particular place and you've been there ten years and you haven't haven't had any leaders rise up out of that that particular work, you have to ask yourself, you know, what am I doing? You know, I mean, if this does does the ministry exist to fulfill my needs, or do I exist to fulfill the needs of the people I'm called to serve? If I'm called to serve these people, the best thing I can do is 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 to create a path for them, you know, where they they can they can become they can be in charge of their own destiny. They can they can be leaders in their own folks. And so, you know, that's that's key for me in everything that I've that I've ever done, even on our, our track team that, that that we coach, you know, Eagles Wings. And before that, it was the hospitality house striders. Uh, a lot of a lot of the young people went off to become coaches. Most of my coaches that I had today are athletes that I coached in the past. They come back and they they give back by by coaching. Why? Because we just didn't train them how to be good runners. We trained them how to be good runners who could coach, and and so they can coach themselves. You know, even even when we're at a, a track meet, the coaches don't coach. The athletes coach. If 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 we see something that needs to be corrected, we grab an athlete and we say, "Hey, go over there and talk to this person. They're striding wrong, or they're doing this. Correct that." And they know what to do. They go over there and they correct that. I tell all the little kids. I was telling a little twelve and under group the other day that that I expect them all in two years to be able to be to be leaders. You know, how can you ever be an effective leader if you're not given a platform in which to practice your leadership skills? And so we give them that, if, whether it's just warming each other up, whether it's making sure people check in right, know how to set their blocks, uh, you know, whatever it is. And even in our daily program, we do that. So in, in the, it took us about took us about eight, eight to ten years. But in ten years, you know, my my whole summer program is run by former former students. 
you know, and so even when new people come in, like a teacher who come volunteer their time to help us out, uh, they're amazed at how these young people know what to do and how to adjust. But they were raised in the program and we raised them to we raised them to the point that one day you will lead this program. You know, what I mean, you know, my director who you heard from, Ayana, you know, what I mean, when she was little when she was like seven. I, I told her, I said, you're going you're gonna to direct my program one day. And so. Uh, and that's today she's going to direct the program this summer. If we don't leave that legacy behind, you know, I look at some ministries that have been working in countries and neighborhoods for 30 and 40 years and and don't have an indigenous leader, don't have anyone that's rose, rose up through the ranks and that's, that's doing anything that's making a mark, that's leading the organization. Uh, and uh, and that that's just a goal of mine. It's just a thing that's, that's embedded in my DNA. I don't care whether I'm working uh, a quote-unquote secular job or a Christian job. I'm going to make sure that the leaders are risen up, uh, and I do that even in my family. When you look at my, you look at my children, my my grandchildren. It's just a certain pattern that that because uh, we reproduce after our own kind. You know, what I mean, you don't know, you know after you spend some time with any of my children, you'll know who their father is. You know, what I mean, and, and they have their own way, but you can tell the influence. And and not that we're egotistical and want people to be like us, but. But but God has called us to, to to multiply, to be fruitful and to multiply, to take 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 dominion. You know what I mean? And and that's the thing that we need to look at. And, and I say this because you know when I talk to people that that what turns them off of seeking a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with getting to know the Father through Jesus, is they always want to point back at the church and find a deficiency in the church or something like that. They never look at the deficiency in their own life, but they want to find a deficiency in the church. And that's fine. They're, you're going you're gonna to find a deficiency in the church. You're going to find deficiencies in me. You know what I mean? That, that's going to go there. If you're looking for it, you will find it. But the thing that most you have to understand is that if you really love someone, you know what I mean? You know, you, you're going to spend time with them and you're going to obey them. You know what I mean? Coming to church and sitting in a pew is not a reflection of our love for anyone. You know what I mean? You know, if I just came home and sat in a chair and then let my wife know that she's my wife, if I don't spend time with her, if I'm not talking with her, listening to her, uh, meeting needs, uh, you know, helping her achieve her dreams and visions, our relationship is just going to be shallow and at best. And, and anybody can sit in a room with somebody and not there. So so we have to actually live out, you know, what we say this relationship is supposed to be. And when people see it truly is a relationship, then and people are desiring it of, of really knowing God to be able to know God. And do they ever see anybody that really knows him or do we just, you know, run around and, and go out on Friday and Saturday night and then get up on Sunday morning to make it to church because that's a way to fulfill and to say that we that we that we still love that we still love God or we, we something that's happening in between. No, it's just it's not. You know what I mean? And not that if I didn't go out doesn't mean I love him either. You know what I mean? If I'm just sitting at home staring, but if I'm if I'm actually following his ways and following his commands, and I'm out there teaching people, and I'm out there reaching people, and I'm out there. Letting you know, I'm not, not not violating your personal space or anything like that. But you can tell when someone sincerely loves someone so much, and they're talking about them out of a love for that person, not out of a desire to convert you or convince you that that is there. And and then in the midst of that, because of who we are, when we do teach and when we do disciple, and the people we spend time with, we take after their ways. You know what I mean? If you spend time with my mom and. And you got to know my mom, you'll look and say, oh, wow, you know, yeah, you know, 
Joseph is your son. You know what I mean? Because that's been time my mom taught me. You know, there's certain things about me that's a reflection of what she taught. And you can tell um, those that we've discipled or we've spent time with. And, and the thing that gets me the most is I, I see a lot of my friends, even people who used used to be, you know, in ministry and not anymore, just choose to sit in the pew. Uh, they 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 spend their time with themselves. I mean, not even it, with. It, I mean, and not in the function of carrying out the Great Commission of being a teacher to people, to, to teaching them, you know. And, and we see, we live in a world where people we say they don't know how to act, they don't know how to dress, they don't know how to do this, but yet no one is willing to teach, you know, people how to do this. And I'm not talking about teaching strangers. I'm talking about in your own family. I look at. I can just spend my time ministering to my family. And, and keep a nice full schedule. You know what I mean? When I look at the problems and issues that go along in there, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? What are we going to do? You know, it, it is time for us to really uh, come out of our houses, uh, get out from in front of those uh, LED or whatever kind of screen you have in front of you and actually become a positive force in our community. But first, we can, should become a positive force in our own family. You know what I mean? Making sure we live our lives in such a way that they give glory to God in all that we do and all that we say. You know, I asked myself this question the other day. If my life was a worship song, how would it go? You know, if my life was a worship song, how would it go? And would people love to sing that song as a way to worship the Lord? And, you know, and I have to, you know, and being honest with myself, there's some t- places in my life where I say, yeah, and there's some other things in my life where I say, if I sing about that, that wouldn't give God any glory, any honor. But, you know, we're to worship him in everything we do and in everything we say. And to me, the highest form of worship that I can give him is is to go out there and, and, and bring another brother or sister, another one of his children back into the kingdom and not just bring them into the kingdom, uh, the work, but to actually teach them how to worship and how to honor and how to love the Lord thy God with all their heart and all their soul and all their mind. You know, too often times we, we say a prayer with somebody and, and then we say, see you next week. You know, see you in new beginners class next week. And those next six to seven days are so torturesome and filled with temptations and everything like that and little guilt here and little guilt there. And and uh, and, and, and they try to, you know, we say, well, well, they didn't show up to class. And it's like we know that the enemy is after them. We should beyond them you know we should be coming toward them and then we go back and forth and and uh and they 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 fade away and we say oh they weren't serious and and then they get a little jaded and and then we get there and we go back to our same little routine that's in there and sometimes we have to open up our homes sometimes we have to let people come in and live with us sometimes we have to go live with them uh sometimes we just need to take that extra bit of yard put up with somebody, take somebody grocery shopping, show them how to grocery shop, show them how to pay a bill, uh, you know, just show them what it means to to save, you know, and we're the teachers. We are the teachers. And, I, and I'm, I'm so excited about this, this next generation of leaders that I had an opportunity to help raise up. And I just want to thank all of you who support uh, what we do uh, at the Three Deep Leadership Foundation. And uh, and so we do have some nice supporters out there and and I encourage you to go to www dot the number three deep leadership dot com and uh, and see what we're doing with young people in the north in North Minneapolis and see the leaders we're raising up. 
as these guys are getting out of college now and still giving back to the community and doing that. What I want to do is I'm going to come up on a break. Uh, you're listening to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, and we're going to come up on a break. And uh, after the break, I want to uh, get with you and I want to share with you some just some, some tips of, of being effective this summer and some things that we're going to do and that you can join in with us and support us with prayer or hopefully even finances. Thank you very much. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Recently, Barna Research ranked America's 100 most Bible-minded cities. Where did we rank? Only number 67. Our communities need a Christian voice. Our communities need a mission. It is our goal at AM980 The Mission to provide you with some of the best Bible teachers in the country, from Dr. John MacArthur on the West Coast to Alistair Begg out east, and everywhere in between, including our great local ministry. It's our mission to spread the good news of Jesus and strengthen the local church. We are AM980 The Mission. The Twin Cities Christian Voice. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of our Spirit of the Lord Church. Uh, once again, my name is Pastor Joe Sutton. And uh, I'm just talking about reproducing after our own kind, raising up that next generation of leaders, um, and being in ministry and looking in ministry and and uh, and being able to to raise up people out of the context of your ministry to to be able to handle things, you know. Sometimes we look at at ministries, and sometimes we have to go recruit, and uh, you know, you have to go recruit, as I say, to recruit people in, as opposed to being able to raise up leaders from within your own uh, ministry department at the while and to get things in. Not, you know, everybody loves a good job offer, but it's so nice when you can groom people. And get them in there, and 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 be able to 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 move in that next next generation, and give them that experience that they need. And uh, and and one of the things that that has helped me so much, I guess that's why I have seven children because I, I love working with 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 young people. I shouldn't say seven; I really have nine. I have two more in, in my house, and uh, but you know, I love the opportunity uh, of training people and raising people up. And I have many sons and daughters that I that I meet with. That I, I mentor and and I and that's just what I do. I like to spend my days doing that. I'm not really concerned about, uh, as I say, the individual fame and recognition one can get. I'm just more concerned about making sure that the the next generation of leaders is sound and biblically sound and morally straight. So, and, and talking about that is that and getting out there and what one can do. Uh, I remember when I first. Uh, Started teaching Sunday school class, and I went to this. This um, I was going to Assemblies of God Church, and this guy came and taught a lesson. He said, the, "He said the most effective Sunday school teachers don't teach on Sunday." And then I, and that, and that caught my attention. And he said, "You know, when you had a kid that gives you trouble in class or something like that, or won't talk in class, he said, what do you do? You wait for the next Sunday, or do you do something about it through the week?'" And then he started sharing tips on on how to. Uh, he started sharing tips on how to, you know, make an impact in somebody's life. He said, go by and visit, make it a thing to point 
that, you know, at least once or twice a year to visit every house of every kid in your Sunday school. Just drop by and stop by and just, you know, get to know the parents and get to talking with them. And uh, and so then I said, OK, you know, I'll, I'll try that. And, and my church at the time had a Sunday evening service. And uh, and so, you know, you don't see those hardly much anymore. But we had one back then. And and, uh, and, I, and I love Sunday evening service. And I stand church all day, so don't never follow me. But so what I would do is, is that I would take young boys, usually from single moms, and, and then I would uh, ask them, how could they come home with me, you know, in between service? And I bring them back Sunday night. So they'll they'll go we'll go eat lunch together you know we eat lunch go play some basketball watch a football game football season baseball game something like that go hang out do some things talk talk to uh you know you know um you know just and that's just what just what we'll do and and so i got a chance to start teaching them they would ask me questions about uh you know playing sports or or we'll talk about high school or college and we'll just have talking to be a couple other guys, a couple other guys would be with me and we'll have like four or five and it got to be like the thing to do. I mean, it got to be like, well, we had like eight or nine kids asking, can they go hang out with us <laughs> in between services? You know, and uh, my moms are like, I ain't never seen my kids anxious to come to Sunday night service, you know, but they would come, they knew if they went to Sunday night service, they get to hang out with us in between. And, uh, and so we had these little mini filters. We had to start rotating people. But we just didn't have fun. We sat down and spent at least half the time talking about life, talking about what it means to serve God. You know, me, because I didn't serve God till later in my life, I told him I wish I was in your shoes to, to, to be learning about God now and and, uh, and to follow along with him. And so and I look back on those days and some kids strayed away. Some kids stayed. You know, some are pastors. Uh, you know, one is a mega church pastor. You know, and uh, and so it's just uh, it's good to look back and see, you know, that the time you invested in someone's life and the relationships you built bear fruit. And it's just something as simple as taking somebody to lunch after church or doing some things like that or seeing a visitor in your church and and uh, and, and, and offering them the hand of fellowship to treat them to lunch or treat them to things like that. to have the opportunity to go in there. And once again, not the prime lines, but to teach, you know, even with your neighbors, my neighbors. You know, we would share food with one another. My neighbors were Laotian, and uh, and so they would go outside sometime and be cook outside and or do some different things. And and uh, you know, they would have a garden, and and, and have, I would share things with them, foods that I would pick up, or things with their kids, a toy or something. And they in turn would share with me. Love those egg rolls that they would share, and we had a, just a nice little relationship on the block. And then even the neighbors that didn't like to talk to each other due to cultural reasons. We all got to talking to each other because we all became neighbors. But it all started with cutting each other's grass, you know, shoveling snow. Uh, you know, if, you know, if my neighbor didn't get out there quick enough. I shoveled his snow. Uh, then he got to the point where he shoveled mine. And it just started off as a little exchange like that and looking out for one another. And, and our kids played together. They would all be in my yard on a trampoline. And it's just different ways. That you, and then they can come ask me questions. Well, how did this happen? And we could teach, you know. If we get out and getting, it doesn't have to be an evangelistic crusade. It doesn't have to be anything like that. It just can be relating to people. This summer, uh, matter of fact, this Friday, we're going to have our first community meal from 6 to 7 o'clock. We're going to pray at 530, and then we're going to serve a community meal from 6 to 7. It's our first one. So 
We don't know what the attendance is going to be like, but, you know, you know, every Friday we get out there and do a meal with the community with just to, to get to know our neighbors. And, you know, a lot of kids show up because we're right across the street from the playground and we get to know them. We, we, we serve them. We treat them. We talk. And, uh, and, and just to be visible, just to be visible, just to be that they can feel comfortable coming to us. You know what I mean? And, and not think, I wonder what it's like inside that building or scared to come in there. We come outside and we engage them and we meet with them. And, uh, of course, we run that summer program for the kids in the neighborhood and we do different things for the adults too. But, uh, if we don't, if we don't be the influence, if we don't be the teachers of our community, then who, who will be? You know what I mean? If we bring that standard, the word of God, you know, that's the standard that people need to function by. Whether they choose to have a relationship with him or not is on them, but at least they know what the standard is and the standard is there. You know, I just want to encourage you guys. It's going to be a nice hot weekend this weekend and it'd be tempting to stay in that air conditioning or be tempting just to sit in your own little yard and do something. But invite somebody with you. Invite somebody, share some time together. Let them know you're a normal human being. You know, talk about the basketball game. Talk about praying for the resurrection of the Minnesota Twins. Do something. You know what I mean? But engage somebody, love on somebody, and let them know that the God in your life is still alive. I'll talk to you next week. Amen. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.